0: Hi, I'm Jayant Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's Analysis Podcast. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we'll do a quick explainer on the clashes between Armenia and Azerbaijan, where the violence is now continuing into a fourth day. Just to give some context before we start, fresh clashes erupted on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border over the weekend on Sunday and it's threatening to push the countries back to war 26 years after a ceasefire was first reached. The conflict between these two former Soviet republics has wider geopolitical implications as Turkey, which has a border with Armenia, is backing Azerbaijan while Russia, which has good ties with both countries, has called for a ceasefire. We'll discuss the origins of the conflict and the larger geopolitical implications today with the Hindus' international affairs editor, Stanley Johnny. So, Stanley, let's just start first with uh, getting a little bit of perspective on the background of this conflict. Um, There's been a ceasefire for a long time. Uh, That's the kind of context to this. And just a few days back, the the violence erupted again. So, uh, Let's just start there. What can you tell us about, um, you know, the history of this conflict and what is it, what, what is it grounded in?
1: Yeah. Uh, hi, Jayant. Uh, see, if you look at this conflict, you know, it actually goes back to the pre-Soviet era. Uh, you know, uh, if, if we are talking about the First World War period, uh, uh, this the Ottoman Empire had historical relationship with Azerbaijan and historically hostile relationship with Armenia. After the collapse of uh, the Ottoman Empire, uh, you know, towards the end of the First World War, clashes started erupting between these two regions, this Armenia and Azerbaijan, over Nagorno-Karabakh. So, if you look at Nagorno-Karabakh, uh, it is within Azerbaijan, within the boundaries of Azerbaijan, but it is of uh, it is largely populated by people of Armenian ethnicity. Uh, so, the roots of conflict were there. Uh, in 19, we know that 1917, after the Bolshevik Revolution, uh, the communists came to power in Russia, and then by the early 1920s, the Soviet Union was formed, and then uh, both Azerbaijan and Armenia became part of the Soviet Union. So what the Soviets did, uh, you know, to kind of tackle this problem was that they, of course, they gave, uh, they put, you know, uh, Nagorno Karabakh was within Azerbaijan, but Uh, They gave autonomy to the region. And then uh, the important decisions were taken in Moscow, not in Baku. So that was their temporary arrangement to address this problem. But, you know, it it kind of, uh, you know, it avoided any major, uh, you know, tensions because on one side it was was a centralized authority was there in Moscow. And then both were part of the larger union, you know. Uh, but towards the end of the 1980s, when the Soviet power was receding, there were tensions in the in the republics, uh, in the Soviet republics, in the periphery of the Soviet Union. Then this question, this ethnic question started emerging again. So what happened in 1988, the uh, National Assembly within the Nagorno-Karabakh region, they passed a resolution, they passed a resolution cancelling the autonomous status, which was given to them by Moscow. And then deciding to join Armenia, so Armenia and Azerbaijan at that time was emerging as independent republics. So in 1991, the Soviet Union collapsed, and these two became independent countries. And suddenly, this issue of Nagorno-Karabakh became a major, you know, boundary problem, border problem between these two newly independent sovereign republics. So uh, it led to an open conflict, and the war went on till 1994, till the Russians mediated. Between these two, and they agreed to sign an agreement. They agreed to a ceasefire. There is no peace agreement yet. They agreed to a ceasefire in 1994. But by that time, you know, the, the status quo on the ground has been changed, which means Nagorno Karabakh, you know, Armenia has practically taken control of Nagorno Karabakh and handed it to the Armenian rebels. So they established a de facto government within the region and they, they, they declared independence. But the independence has not been uh, recognized by any country. But since Nagorno-Karabakh is within the boundaries of Azerbaijan, the international community is still considering it as part of Azerbaijan. So the conflict kind of continued. So what you have is within Azerbaijan a territory, a kind of autonomous territory that is controlled by the uh, you know the Armenian rebels uh, over on on over whom. Baku, the Azerbaijan, Azerbaijani rulers do not have any control over. So that, that was the status quo. So this, you know, this led to occasional clashes, occasional flare-ups between these two. Uh, uh, basically, Armenia has been Armenia is supporting them, supporting the rebels. So the conflict, you know, uh, erupted between Armenia and Azerbaijan off and on. Most recently was last July. Uh, it happened. Uh, so uh, and now uh, uh, the present conflict is both sides are blaming each other. You know, Armenia says Azerbaijan started conf- started attacking them. Azerbaijan started attacking the peaceful villages in Nagorno-Karabakh. Uh, whereas the authorities in Nagorno-Karabakh say they lost dozens of people, uh, you know, to uh, the Azerbaijani attack. On the other side, the Azerbaijani defense ministry says it was Armenia that provoked the attack. So. We don't know what actually happened, uh, what actually triggered the conflict. But what we know is, you know, the most dangerous conflict going on since 1994 in uh, Caucasus.
0: Right. So we don't actually know why on this occasion the conflict has turned this much more violent because as you see, uh, over the years there have been sporadic clashes in the region. That's right. That's Right. Right all right so uh, just to give, just to give uh just to give our listeners an idea why is that that region is considered of great strategic importance so you know uh, a conflict is while unfortunate of course uh, any conflict is unfortunate it is um in, in that region particularly um it it is it is a cause of concern to the entire sort of geopolitics of the region so uh, w- what is why is that region significant uh, see uh, if you
1: if you look at the map uh yeah historically speaking this was kind of a meeting point uh, between three uh, major empires you know the ottoman empire on the one side the russian empire on the other side and the persian empire which is today's iran so it was uh, it was historically it was kind of a meeting point between these three empires and then uh, it you know it changed the hands also the ottomans had historically controlled parts of caucasus and and uh, then uh, uh, it became part of the soviet union and then the soviet union disintegrated and then, uh, the, the entire Central Asia and, uh, you know, uh, these, these, uh, countries and the, the republics in South Caucasus and Caucasus became independent. So it is kind of, it, it is, you know, if you look at it geopolitically, it is a very happening, very, uh, dynamic region on the one side. And then, uh, if you look at the, the current, the contemporary history, the importance is that Central Asia and Caucasus uh, are gas-rich region, especially uh, Azerbaijan. And Azerbaijan, over the last few years, Azerbaijan had, you know, built a number of gas and oil pipelines from Baku and other parts of the country uh, across the Caucasus to Turkey and then even to Europe. Uh, and some of these uh, pipelines uh, are actually going uh, close to uh, the border, the Armenian-Azerbaijani border. So, uh, one is, uh, some reports say one is just 16 kilometers, uh, from the conflict zone, uh, in Nagorno-Karabakh. Uh, so the point is that, you know, uh, and Central Asia is also, uh, not just Turkey, Turkey on the, on, on one side and on the other side, the pipelines are critical for Europe as well because Europe, which wants to lessen its dependence on Russian gas, uh, is turning more and more into, uh, uh, Azerbaijan, and even East Mediterranean and other resources, you know, for gas uh, and energy resources. Uh, right. So uh, it, the the strategic potential of the region is immense. And then you have the possibility of an open conflict that could happen, uh, you know, uh, at the heart of this region where all these pipelines are going through. And in the in the event of a conflict, you know, Azerbaijan is relative, Ar- Armenia is relatively a smaller power compared to Azerbaijan because Azerbaijan. Uh, empowered with all these uh, energy resources and the profits it, it, it made over the last uh, many years, Azerbaijan had, uh, you know, stepped up its military capabilities over the last few years, and it has also got the solid backing of Turkey. And on the other side, Armenia is completely dependent on Russia for, uh, uh, you know, security uh, assurances, for security guarantees. So, uh, in 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 the event of a war, an open war between these two countries. Uh, It is possible that these pipelines could come under direct attack of Armenia, which is the weaker power, if you look at the power dynamics of these two, and that could affect the global energy supplies. Uh, So, uh, I think uh, that that is the major, uh, you know, uh, strategic significance of this, this conflict.
0: Right, right. Uh, so, you mentioned Azerbaijan being uh, close to Turkey and, um, you know, so let's just get to tur- the Turkey and Russia part of this. Yeah. Um, do they, What is? what are their respective stands? So, um, I'm guessing here that Turkey supports, uh, is going to support Azerbaijan in this conflict?
1: Uh, yeah, um, actually Erdogan has already said that Turkey supports Azerbaijan and because Erdogan calls Armenia, uh, uh, you know, uh, as the main uh, cause for the trouble in the region, and uh, he has also asked the Ar- 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 Armenia to end the occupation of uh, Nagorno-Karabakh. Uh, and interestingly, it has both geopolitical and cultural reasons for Turkey's support for Azerbaijan. Uh, culturally, if you look at both countries, you know uh, Turkey and Azerbaijan have very strong cultural and historical ties. The historical ties, as we saw, <laughs> go back to the Ottoman era, and also. Uh, the azerbaijani people you know uh, they are of largely they are of uh, um, turkic origin a turkic ethnic uh, ethnicity and also the azerbaijani language is from the turkic uh, family uh, language family so the cultural ties are there and of course azerbaijan is predominantly muslim um, but azerbaijanis are uh, mostly shia muslim uh, compared to the turks who are uh, sunni muslims so the ethnic and the linguistic uh, ties are there. Even by and large, if you look at uh, you know the, the broader religious ties are also there. And strategically speaking, you know, Turkey uh, under Erdogan, if you look at Turkey's foreign policy, uh, Turkey is trying to expand its influence through the former Ottoman region. So right. uh, uh, if you look at uh, uh, you look at the Middle East. Turkey is there in Syria. Turkish rebels have occupied parts of Syria close to the Turkish border and are controlling them. Even in Idlib, a Syrian province which is controlled by rebels, Turkey has considerable leverage over the rebels. And if you go to the Persian Gulf where Qatar is there, Persian Gulf where most countries are most countries share an anti-Turkey feeling uh, whereas Qatar is singularly standing up to them and Qatar is a close ally of Turkey. And then, if you look at North Africa, in Libya, Libya is divided between two governments: one government in Tripoli, one government in Tobruk in the in the east. Uh, but the Tripoli government, which is recognized by the United Nations and other international powers, are a close ally of Turkey. So it was actually Turkey that went to the uh, the Tripoli government's rescue when it came under attack uh, from uh, the renegade uh, general, uh, you know Khalifa Haftar. So. Uh it is turkey Turkey is there in Tripoli Turkey is uh, uh, there in Syria, uh Turkey is there Turkey is also sending troops to Qatar as part of an agreement between these two. Turkey is there in the Persian Gulf, and if you look at the Eastern Mediterranean region where Turkey has recently announced new gas fines, um, you know, Turkey is also ramping up tensions with uh, Greece and Cyprus. Turkey is already controlling parts of Cyprus. In um, in the Eastern Mediterranean region, uh, pro-Turkish rebels are controlling parts of Cyprus, and there is a conflict going on over the seas, over the waters between Turkey and Greece, Turkey and the, uh, Cyprus, uh, and then Turkey and Libya have kind of reached an economic exclusive uh, zone uh, across the Mediterranean waters. So that tension is going on in the, in the in the Mediterranean region, and now you come to Caucasus. You know, whereas uh, in Azerbaijan, Turkey has. Uh, cultivated very strong ties with the Azerbaijani government and at the same time now there were reports middle east i reported even uh, the times of london reported that turkey is recruiting Syrian rebels who are who they are dispatching to azerbaijan to guard turkic assets so basically uh, so one could assume that turkey had foreseen this conflict which is now undergoing and then turkey had already started sending mercenaries to azerbaijan so uh, you see turkey being very being an active player in all these regions, you know, so it, it fits well into the neo-Ottoman foreign policy of uh, President uh, Recep Erdogan of Turkey. So I think that that context is very important if when you look at uh, Turkey's role in Azerbaijan.
0: Right. Uh, is there a suggestion also that uh, Turkey could have uh, instigated this conflict in some way? I mean, it, it kind of fits in with whatever you're saying about. There are other larger geopolitical ambitions. Yeah,
1: we we don't know whether Turkey actually instigated, but uh, what we could see is that Turkey has stood solidly behind the Azerbaijani government. Because uh, in July, after uh, the clashes between Azerbaijan and Armenia on the border, uh, Turkey has, again, uh, Turkey had, uh, it went beyond the rhetoric, you know. And Turkey and Azerbaijan had conducted joint drills. Uh, join military exercises. So, that was an open declaration of Turkey's support uh, for Azerbaijan. So, uh, even if Turkey did not directly instigate the conflict, we don't know that. Azerbaijan have uh, felt emboldened by Turkey's unwavering support uh, in this issue. And uh, uh, the, the recent conflict suggested that uh, uh, you know uh, Turkey continues to back them. And interestingly, um, uh, some in Baku in Azerbaijan They have accused Russia of supporting Armenia, but Russia's public position is very, you know, very diplomatic in a sense. Russia uh, is calling for a ceasefire. Uh, But uh, if you look at the facts, if you go beyond the public statements, it is that uh, Armenia hosts Russian uh, uh, Russian military base. So Russia has very strong relationship with Armenia, Uh, but Russia has a good relationship with Azerbaijan as well. Russia is supplying weapons to both countries. So uh, while Russia has, yeah, uh, if you, I mean, a, a country that hosts your military base would be more important to you anyway. But I don't think that Russia would like to see a conflict in its backyard because Central Asia and Caucasus, you know, Russia, is, all were the former Soviet uh, regions. So Russia sees them uh, as its uh, backyard region. So Russia would not like to see an open conflict in the region. So Russia would prefer a ceasefire between these two. Whereas Turkey is ready to see the conflict, I think, uh, because that would allow Turkey to expand its influence further uh, into the Caucasus region, into Russia's backyard, which also puts Turkey, you know, uh, which has a very complex relationship with Moscow, which also puts Turkey against Russia in the third country now. Because in, in Syria, they are already at odds, though there is an uneasy truce between them. In Libya, Turkey backed uh, the the Tripoli government, whereas Moscow backed Kalifa Haftar and now in Azerbaijan uh, and Armenia clash. Moscow wants a ceasefire, while Turkey is solidly backing uh, the government of Azerbaijan.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, so, Stanley, let's just possibly end with uh, what is the situation on the ground now? I mean, I th- I, I believe that this is the fourth day uh, in which the, the, the conflict is going on. Um, does there seem to be any end to it or, the, or does it seem to be escalating even further?
1: So it is, I think the uh, the conflict is going on. Even yesterday's report, what we saw is that uh, uh, the authorities in Nagorno-Karabakh say the attack is continuing. And uh, despite calls from uh, Europe, uh, European powers and uh, Moscow, uh, they all want, they all call for a ceasefire. But still, I don't think there is any major movement that's happening on the ground calling for a ceasefire. But it is not escalating into an open conflict either. So it is kind of, you know, uh, attacks are, it, it, it remains very tense, you know, the possibility of uh, an open war is there. And uh, this uh, attacks on the border attacks around this region is going on. That's what is happening, I think, according to the reports that's coming out of uh, out of this region.
0: Right. All right. Uh, we'll end it there and perhaps we can keep an eye on this. Uh, Stanley, always fascinating to get this larger geopolitical perspective from you. Thank you for joining us once again on the thank podcast. You. Yeah. Thank you. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.